What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of TMT Time. I'm your host, Evan Rothstein. I'm back today starting a new series of podcasts on TMT Time, and that is talking to lawyers about interesting things that they do outside of the practice because no one likes to talk to lawyers about what we do inside the practice. And my first guinea pig in this series is my colleague from Arlen Reporter, Nick Niema, who is in our IP group, and he has an incredible story, and I can't wait to get into this. Nick, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Evan. And hopefully this will be interesting. Um, I'll do my best. Never expected to be here, but it is a true treat, a true blessing to be on the show or on the podcast. So thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course, to our uh, millions and millions of listeners, <clears throat> maybe tens, I don't know. Uh, Nick is an IP lawyer. So Nick, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we really get into it? Sure. Well, um, as you said, I'm an IP lawyer, so maybe we'll start there. Um, or maybe we'll start a little bit before that. Um, after graduating from college, before coming to law school, um, I was an electrical engineer uh, for several years. I made satellites. Nerd alert. Uh, <laughs> nerd alert. Whoop, whoop. Sound the sirens. Um, yeah, I was an electrical engineer for several years in Southern California, making GPS satellites. Um, and then one thing led to another, got the, the urge to do something different. So took the LSAT, did okay, went to law school, did okay, and here I am now a practicing IP attorney, patent litigator for the past many, many years, and all is good. You have managed to maintain an incredibly active, creative life outside the firm while also being successful inside the firm, and so that's what I want to talk to you about today uh, for our listeners, and so I am informed that you are really active on a number of levels in a number of creative fields. So <laughs> let's, let's start with what our listeners can't see, but I can see you look to be sitting in your house, but it appears to be a music studio. So what's going on there? I am, yes. I'm down in, in the basement in my recording studio um, where I've recorded a few things, a lot of, a lot of just myself um, rapping. I'm a rapper, I'm an MC or at least I, I do my best to be one. Um, I'm probably my number one fan. I record songs so I can have some cool to listen to, but if other people are, are into it and they're feeling what I'm doing, then all the more power to me, all the more power to them, that's great. Um, and so- Wait, 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 I gotta stop you. So <laughs> you, IP litigator by day, rapper by night. So if someone wanted to listen to something that you've put out, some beats that you've dropped, where do they go to do that? So, uh, well, they can check out they can check out my album, and the website for that is penviewangels.com. The album is called "The Pen, The View, The Angels" by Saint Nicodemus, the Lone Star. That's me. Um, Wait, you can check you have that a rapper out. handle, dude. Do you have a like a Twitter handle where you where you post stuff? I don't post too frequently. Um, it, it's it's tough. It's tough to keep super active, but uh, yeah, penviewangels.com. Um, you can check out the blog, um, the liner notes, if you will, to the album. You can check out the album there, get your hands on it. So how do you find time to do all this? So it's, it's not super easy. 
Um, so the album that I, I did that I, I just spoke about, that is actually a few years old. Um, it's not something that I, I, I'm doing currently. Um, I'm not recording any albums currently. I kind of picked up a new hobby, which some folks might sound, some folks might find interesting. Um, so I could talk a bit about that. Fire it's, away. It, it is somewhat related. Um, and it starts, maybe we have some Broadway or, or musical theater fans listening to the podcast, but it starts, I think, with my audition for Hamilton. Um, Come on. <laughs> you auditioned for Hamilton? I, I did audition for Hamilton um, a few years ago. And in case anybody's wondering, I'm not in Hamilton. I'm a lawyer, so I'll get that out of the way um, real quick. But, but how the story goes is uh, they were accepting video auditions. So I, I did a little video, two minutes long. You can find that on the website too. Um, I sent that in to the casting folks. They thought it was great apparently. And they called me in to do a, a live and in-person audition for Hamilton. Um, and so I did that audition. It went fantastically. And me feeling like, okay, that went great. Um, maybe they're gonna call me back for a more in-depth thing. I went off and I memorized the entire show um, all the parts, all the acts, because I wanted to be prepared, right? I feel like if they're going to ask me to do a song, I'm going to need to be able to, to do it on the spot. Um, you so memorized was, the whole show. So my jaw just hit the floor. Listeners can't see that either. You memorized all of Hamilton? I, I did. I did memorize the whole show. Um, I, I became a fan, even though I had never seen it. Um, I got the soundtrack, memorized that. And then as I was kind of practicing um, the lines and the songs, I was on a walk outside the office in DC. Um, and I walked by the treasury building, which is right there, you know, uh, downtown DC on the corner of Pennsylvania and 15th and Alexander Hamilton being like secretary of treasury. There's a statue of him right outside. So I kind of- Oh yeah, treasury or state, treasury or state. <laughs> you know it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I put on the, the soundtrack when I was standing outside uh, the treasury building. And I kind of walked out behind um, behind the treasury to Lafayette Park, which is right there behind the White House. And I realized that if you start the soundtrack for Hamilton when standing outside the treasury building, by the time uh, Lafayette, who was one of the characters in the musical, starts rapping his first lines, you'll be standing in Lafayette Park next to a statue of Lafayette. And so I thought, all right, something's okay, got to be done was about a, this. You just dropped a piece of knowledge there. I love that. An additional tidbit of knowledge, of knowledge, and you can you can find a video on a website. Uh, but additional tidbit of knowledge is when Washington George Washington starts spitting his first lines in the show. Um, if you do the walk on the the course that I walked, um, the Washington Monument will suddenly appear as George Washington spitting his first lines, like seven or eight songs in. Um, so I thought they, something had to be did, done about did that. Did they do that on purpose? I don't know, and I may be the first person that discovered it, but. Because I had this discovery and I thought it was amazing, I said, okay, well, I'm gonna put on my own little Hamilton show if they're not gonna have me up on Broadway. And so I, I constructed this hands-free selfie stick um, at home and I recorded myself performing the entire show, all the parts um, while walking through Washington, DC and visiting the sites in Washington, DC that are relevant uh, to the characters that are in Hamilton. Um, and what and did now, you do with it? Where is it, it now? It, it's on it's on the YouTube's. Check check out penviewangels.com. That's the name of the album. But on that website, you can find a link 
to the, the side project, the Hamilton stuff. Um, but that was fun. So what that led me to do was um, to just do all my favorite albums or a bunch of classic hip hop albums. Um, I learned the albums and then I perform them in a single take um, <laughs> on location. Wait a minute. So like 90s hip hop? Because I love 90s hip hop. Are we talking like what are we talking about? Well, who do you love? Uh, maybe I've, I've done it or maybe it's next on the menu. Well, I mean, none of it is like, uh, let's say, call it safe for work. But anybody that has gone to trial with me knows that every morning before I walk into the courtroom, I am listening to either Ice Cube or Tupac. Um, and so those are my two favorite. Um, but, you know, if you move, those are really, that dates me a little bit. But I like, you know, like more recent stuff. I like, you know, I like the Nappy Roots. I like Lil Wayne. But, you know, most of it's old 90s nwa style hip-hop nappy roots i dig it sick and tired of being sick and tired didn't expect yeah. that one but yeah, yeah. So th those are good um the tribe call quest is is one of the ones yeah i um, like tribe that i've done um went to queens new york and and did the uh the tribe low-end theory album while walking down linden boulevard i like um, this i think you should put this up and have followers you know if so so it's it's tough maybe, right maybe this tmt time is your launch I think of it kind followers. of like, I mean, because literally what it is, if I'm going to perform an entire album in a single take, now I speed them up. I speed them up to uh, 150% because, you know, it's, it's yeah. draining on the camera battery if I'm going to do a full hour of recording. So, you know, cut it down to 40 minutes or so. And then, you know, there it is. But, you know, people might not want to watch me rapping for 40 minutes. Maybe they do. But I look at it kind of like rock climbing. You know, it's it's an accomplishment. And if I can, if I can do it and if I can document it, then it's, it's fun to say I've accomplished that. Cause I really think it's something that nobody in the world um, ever Look, has I done mean, before. This is what I'm talking. This is why we're having you on TMT time, even though it's not necessarily related to TMT, but that's okay. A lot of these aren't anymore. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, I, I don't know how you stay at the law firm when you have all these, these other interests. I mean, this takes a lot of time and I think you could actually generate some interest here. Perhaps. I mean, it's, it, it's fun. I, I love what I do at the law firm. Um, it really is good work. Um, and so I'm having a good time doing that. It's paying the bills. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, I, I say often on here, um, if any advertisers want to, you know, drop in on the podcast and, I don't have to argue with people and opposing counsel all day and I can just interview people and learn. I may be interested in doing that. <laughs> Working all with right. folks like you, Evan, that's, that's what makes the law fun though. Well, do, do you, did you try and get on the tour like a Hamilton, like the touring cast? Cause I've actually, I've seen it on Broadway and then I've seen it on tour. I saw it in Chicago and that's kind of a tour that's its base there. And I've seen it here in Denver a couple of times. Um, I am obviously a huge Hamilton disciple and fan. Uh, did you ever try and get on on the other part of the other cast? I mean, I think that's that's what the audition was, right? For for a Broadway show or any show. Um, me being not a professional actor, I think maybe that that has something to do with it. I'm not yeah SAG or equity train. or whatever it is for for the theater folks. Yep. I am a lawyer, so playing a lawyer on stage might not be too far of a stretch. You work all day and obviously now we're remote in the pandemic. Um, you know, all those of us and those of our listeners who know what it's like to be in a big law firm, all of us are under the billable hour crunch. 
Um, how do you fit in the billable hours and also walk from monument to monument in DC recording uh, hip hop albums? Well, fortunately, that's something that doing that doesn't take a lot of time. I have a YouTube channel, but I'm not posting a video every week or anything like that. Um, you know, with something like this, is I can drop one a year and that's good. And I listen to songs when I'm commuting or at least when I was commuting. Um, and that's how I learned that stuff. Um, so, so it wasn't too bad, but the, the lawyering kind of, it's, it's mentally stimulating, it's invigorating. And so, you know, that keeps me energized. To be able to come up with what you want to do in, in your uh, moonlighting job. To an extent. I mean, it, it is hard, right? Like for, for all the artists out there, like to, definitely it is something that to be good at your craft, to be excellent at your craft, you really got to dedicate yourself uh, 24 seven um, full time. And so for me, um, you know, I, I am not even at the level of so many people out there that are constantly committed to, you know, honing their artistic craft. Um, because I am, you know, working in another full-time job and excelling at that. Um, so it, it really is a difficult balancing act. Um, but to the extent that I can every now and then throw a video up or record a track that I at least enjoy bobbing my head to, um, you know, that, that kind of help, helps me make it through the day when I got good, good music to listen to. What kind of advice or, or pointers can you offer listeners or people that want to go to a big law firm or how has the sort of, I'll call them extracurricular activities and things that you do helped you um, maintain the ability to sort of survive and excel in a big firm environment? Uh, well, that's a good question. I think one thing, one thing that helps when you have uh, extracurricular activities is just knowing that if you're doing something and you're, you're having fun doing it and you are accomplishing things, um, that's something that you can feel good about. There are a lot of similarities, um, I think, between being an artist and being a lawyer. Um, and so I, I think having, having a background in something that's, you know, in music, I think helps me to apply some of the things that I've learned um, to the law, right? Like, one of the things that a good artist and a good lawyer have in common, I think, are like the attention to detail and like the commitment to excellence. Like if you're involved in a craft, like any type of art or if you're an artist, you want to make you know, your work product as perfect as you possibly can. And so like when I'm writing lyrics, every single word I write, every single phrase, there's a reason for that word or phrase and it has importance. Um, and in patent law, for example, like we write all the time. Um, that's, that's the main thing we do. And the way something is worded or the way that it's phrased can have a significant impact on, say, the scope of a patent or the outcome of a dispute. Um, and so being able to apply that attention to detail and that commitment to excellence, both in art and in the law, um, is super important. Um, I, think I don't like, even extend that. Like you're also an electrical engineer. So you like engineering, it's all about precision. Totally, totally. Um, and like it, patent law is really cool because like every single client that I work for 
um, is creative or is an innovator. And that's whether the client is like an inventor who's considering applying for a patent, um, whether the client is a patent owner in a situation where others might be infringing on their intellectual property rights, um, whether the client is a successful product developer or manufacturer who's suddenly been accused um, of taking someone else's intellectual property. I mean, I'm working with innovators um, and creative people all the time. Um, and, and there, I think my role is, to, to make a music analogy, it's more like the recording engineer than the recording artist. And I do, by the way, have a certificate in recording engineering, uh, which is a, another little side little, thing. Slip that in there. Wait, let's stop. You do that also. So what does that entail? So recording engineering is something that I studied um, at, at UCLA. I took extension classes at UCLA and got a certificate. And the reason for studying that was really just so that I could have, I could have a means or a way to, to record some of the stuff that I was coming up with on my own, right? Um, because there, I mean, there's plenty of people, like there might be a kid on the street who has mad rhyme skills, um, but then they get into a studio and they don't know how to use any of the studio equipment. Um, and so like having the ability to operate the equipment um, helped me to actually take the ideas that were in my head and get them on, on wax or tape or CD or whatever digital media um, I'm putting them down on. Um, and it, like it's similar in, in my role as a lawyer, right? So I work with all kinds of innovators. Um, the clients are all super innovative, super creative. Um, and me being kind of like the recording engineer, I can help them or I can provide a service to them that's gonna allow them to meet whatever their goal is. Because although they're coming up with all these great ideas, um, they might not know how to run the studio equipment or in the legal sense, they might not understand um, the intricacies of Title 35 of the US code, right? So that's something that I can help um, break down to them, explain to them and help them um, on the journey to accomplish whatever it is that they want to accomplish. This is awesome. So do you talk to the clients or colleagues about this stuff? Because you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you in here is I did not know any of this stuff. Um, and we had already spent a decent amount of time together and I didn't know any of this. And then one of our other colleagues sort of offhand mentioned it or a side <laughs> note of it. And then I just, you know, I was like, wait, what? Um, do you, do you like keep all this inside around the office? Like, or do or people know, and it's like, this is old news and I'm like new to the game. It's, it's not something I go out and advertise, right? There's a few people here and there that might know about it. Um, but it's, it is a balancing act, right? When you're in a law firm and, and you can probably understand this, like there is a pressure to be focused on the law 100% of your time. And so you don't wanna mess up and, and let people know you're busy recording a rap album and they're gonna start asking, well, where's that, um, where's that draft email I was looking for yesterday? <laughs> How come my brief's not done? What have you been doing, recording? Get out of the studio, start billing. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I can I can hear that. But I mean, look, law firms have to adapt to different types of people. It's one of the reasons why having more uh, diversity and, and different types of folks on your teams is important, because I didn't know how creative you were on the side. And I think, you know, other people would want to know because that adds to the teams because you're bringing a different perspective to something, you know, 
what you mentioned about precision, that's very super important. Uh, and so people should know, and it's, you don't have to stifle it, but I, I agree with you. It does kind of feel in some instances that it is stifled. And if you do share a little bit too much, you've shared too much. <laughs> well, yeah, the, so, the, stu the stuff on the album, those are, uh, I, like I said, it came out five years ago, but if you haven't heard it, it's new to you and it's hot as ever. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. I usually end these podcasts by asking personal questions about stuff that you do on the side because we've spent the whole time talking about nerd-related law stuff. I don't have to do that here because that's all we spent talking about. But what I do want to talk about, because I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, is for those of our listeners that have seen those nutty, crazy wedding dance videos online, you know, they go viral, they come out, and they've been going on for the last you know, five, six years. And we've see, all seen like the ones where people walk out of the church and they're doing some, some dance and everyone's like, wow, what's happening? Uh, Nick, I think has one of the very first one of these wedding dances. Uh, this is actually what got me onto his creative side. If you, if our listeners Google Rick and Nina's wedding, crazy first dance, I'm going to repeat that <laughs> because I want people to go watch this. Rena and Nick's wedding, crazy first dance. If you Google that, you will see like a five minute video of Nick and his beautiful new wife, Rena, doing a, an incredible dance, mostly to, to hip hop songs that having to do with crazy, uh, which I think is why it's titled that. And Nick has some outrageous moves. I'll just leave it at that. Nick, what, <laughs> what's your, what do you comment about your wedding dance? It's been some time now. You got married about when I did, 2007. So it's been some time. It has... I'm not exaggerating, over 4 million views on YouTube, 4 million. If I could get 400 listeners on this podcast, I would be excited. Rena and Nick have 4 million viewers. Nick, what do you have to say about your unbelievable wedding dance video? Well, <laughs> thank you so much for, uh, for the, the compliments on the video. It was really fun. Um, Yes, Rena, my wife, she, she's not my new wife. Um, we've been married for a while now, so I can't claim I'm a newlywed, but she is still as beautiful as she was um, back then and even more beautiful now. But yeah, she had the idea, so I, I give her credit for it. Um, oh, it's her do, idea. <laughs> to do something special. I was, I was all for it. I mean, yeah. in, in wedding planning, it's always mutual ideas, right? We come up with them together. Oh, right. um, uh -huh. But yeah, so, so I actually was living in Southern California. Um, and we got married about a month before I moved out to DC to go to law school. And so we decided we're going to give our, our wedding guests a treat because we might not see them for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I put together um, a musical arrangement with songs all having the word crazy in the title. Yeah. Um, Google, Google the video, Nick and Rena or Rena and Nick's crazy wedding dance. And you can uh, you can check them out. But yes, yeah, so we we didn't tell anybody about. Yeah, I was, was going to ask that. about did the dance. Anyone know? No, the parents. Nobody knew. No, nobody knew. Um, the videographers they didn't know. The DJ he didn't know. We just told them, you know, put this song on. We're going to do our first dance. Um, and wow. we we did it. Um, I, people, I mean, you can see people the had faces a good time in the, the the crowd, so to speak. Your guests are just like, what's happening? Oh, and then it kept going. <laughs> like it started. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then it just kept going. And then I saw you do like the jump splits. And I was like, this is not new because he got, we got mad hops. He got way up. 
Um, how, and it was a lot how much of did you practice? To be honest with you, like like leading up to the wedding, um, we were under a lot of pressure to like nail down those moves because I pressure I do, of a wedding's enough. You were trying to nail down the moves. Yeah, I I do admit I I am a musician. I am an MC. I am absolutely not a dancer. Um, and so like to be able to to nail down those moves and for us to do it together was was a really fun thing leading up to the wedding. Um, kind of stressful, like, are we going to be able to pull this off? It'll be tight if we can pull it off. Um, and fortunately, we were able to, to put on a good show for the folks. How, how often did you practice? Like every day? It had to been every day. We practice a lot. <laughs> yeah. If I, if, if I wanted you to do it again right now, you think you guys could do it? A absolutely not. No, <laughs> I wish, I wish, but you know, my, my joints are not even what they used to be. So if I could, uh, if I could jump and get that much air, that'd be fantastic, but I'd have to do a lot of stretching. Yeah, I would, I would, if I even attempted one of those moves, I'd probably pull something. I mean, it was incredible. All right. Well, we're out of time, Nick, this has been awesome. Uh, hopefully some of our colleagues listen to this, watch the video start seeing how creative you are and uh, using that to our, our advantage and our clients benefit because I think it benefits them for the work that we do. So thanks so much for spending the time and indulging me with this. I appreciate it. <laughs> our guest Nick's going to drop some of his uh, hot music here at the end. Nick, what do you want to, what do you want to end with? Huh? Oh, that's tough. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll pick something off the album um, and then we'll just, We'll go out with it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. Coming up, I never had too much, but it was always enough to keep my head up when them times was tough. But at times I found that when I let my head hang down, it was only then that I would find change on the ground. That led me to believing that in any event, I could always find a reason for me being content. I don't claim responsibility for how things is, though I do govern my responses in the way that I live. And so coming up, sometimes was rough, but it was never too much. And all the struggle only made me tough, if you can call it a struggle. It's more like a ride, just buckle up and keep your hands and arms inside and then realize whether we be living like kings it kind of more comes down to how you're looking at things and maybe one day i could come up and rule somehow but yo i'm straight as a ruler man i'm cool for now monday you rain tuesday you're still wet but it can only get better so i'm cool for now for now cool for now wednesday the sun came up I walked outside and met her. Cool for now. It don't get no better, and that's why I'm cool for now. Cool for now. Yeah, I'm cool for now. A lot of women got kids but lack husbands. A lot of rappers got skills but lack substance. And me being exemplified was never the aim. But if that happens, yo, I be prepared ever the same. I check game as I'm dropping it, straight from the top. And I don't sweat another brother because he's trying to go pop. But nowadays, some are too concerned with making a band while they breaking a man. I'm down for taking a stand, making a plan, grabbing mics and taking command. Flowing for true hip hop fans and shaking their hands. Joining the pound, getting down, feel the vibe going around. They're making sounds with the freshest in town. I don't 
Talk about the killing, but I never come soft. Never bust any up. Take a hit, then walk it off. Sweat it out. You got something to say? You'll let it out. But always keep it right when you be running the mouth. And keep on running after the prize. Stay on your feet, never fall, and don't fall for them lies. Cause some guys get away with whatever fool is allowed. But no use knocking the hustle, man. I'm cool for now. Monday, you rain. Tuesday, you're still wet, and I'm cool for now. But it can only get better, so I'm cool for now. Cool for now. Cool for now. I'm cool for now. Wednesday, the sun came up. I walked outside and met her. It don't get no better, and that's why I'm cool for now. Cool for now. I'm cool for now. You cool? It's cool. I'm cool. We cool? You cool? I'm cool. We cool? They cool? He cool? She cool? She cool? He cool? They cool? I'm cool. It's cool. Life is like a heater, but I stay cool. Mama said, wanna be a eater, be a fisher. So I try to get smarter, people trying to get richer and gain. Understand the stand rooted in the scripture. We all got stress, but yo, you can't let it get you. Gotta shed the excess until you find the right mixture of the little things. And then suddenly it hits you. Everybody's life is like a separate motion picture. The camera's always rolling, so it's never time to edit. Success is measured in how many times you show another people's credits. And I ain't trying to win a Golden Globe. I only want a story that's worthy of being told when I'm old. Pass it on to my kids' children because we all pass on and don't know when, no when. And it's hard to say exactly where I'll be in the end. But you're on cool for now, and I'ma still be then. You know how you have some days when it seems like ain't nothing going your way? You just gotta think, it ain't gonna be like this forever, so I'm cool for now. And then there's those other times where everything is just perfect, how you wish it would be. And it's then I look at life and just say, man, this is cool.